And we're live. I guess that's uh, what I'm probably going to be saying every time now, uh, considering that we've got one other episode. But um, you may note, or maybe not, depending on how the, the post-editing goes this time, that we actually have a set and the videos are actually working, I think. So um, the other thing you might notice if you're looking at the set is that there is an empty chair next to me. And that's very unfortunate, but um, I did have a special guest planned for today who unfortunately was sick and had to cancel last minute but that's okay we will uh, persevere just me which is fine because i actually prefer drinking by myself so <laughs> welcome to the unhappy hour yeah so i thought i would um start off today's episode uh, by talking, or I guess diving a little bit deeper into me. So, you know, in the last episode, it was like sort of trialing, getting to know um, me and Lenny and sort of, I guess, working out how the equipment works. So like, you know, I've never been on a podcast before. I've watched a bunch of them, but never taken that step to be on one or maybe because I've never been invited on one. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that what's a good way to start off an episode where it's just me and there's no no one else here than to talk about the only person on camera so um yeah i thought i'd like really get into my background i guess a little bit and what led me to here and you know what i've sort of done for the past 24 years i'm, I'm 24 by the way if anyone was wondering um but yeah, yeah i guess if i guess to be fair if it was natural for me to talk to myself for an hour then that would be also concerning so, so i think that you know taking some breaks and if there is some weird cuts in this show then uh you know that's why because it's really fucking hard to just talk to yourself for an hour um but even though it might appear like i'm alone um if i do keep some of that previous bit in i am also accompanied by my uh very cost-effective uh executive producer otherwise known as my sister um and she's also going to be uh, in the background with some prompt questions and maybe she'll occasionally chime in with telling me i'm not looking at the camera or making some weird gestures which you know i guess is something that i'm going to improve over the the next 100 episodes hopefully um but yeah so anyway so get back into what i was talking about so just wanted to like touch on i guess the the basics of me so i yeah i went to went to a couple of schools public and private so i kind of know what both of those are like um admittedly i did move into um into private um into public sorry in my later years so my like intermediate sort of years oh, pardon me my intermediate sort of years were um were all private at a school called acg and that was uh a bit of an experience anyone that's gone to acg before knows that it uh is a bit full on for for that age group and like I learned so much there that by the time I I mean I I didn't learn a lot there to <laughs> to clarify I was not one of the smart kids by any means uh, by any stretch of the imagination there but um I I had a crazy realization that you know when I was you know sort of failing year 10 math there or whatever that when I went to uh my next college was um public glendowie college and started doing you know year 11 which is you know the f the first serious um serious papers for those people on the country i mean it's kind of naive me thinking that there's going to be people watching that aren't my in my immediate circle but if hypothetically there are um yeah i was like really ex expecting that to be a lot harder and it turns out it was basically the equivalent of what we'd learned in year eight <laughs> at um at acg so I mean, you would think that in theory I would then have done really well <laughs> in in school uh, at um, Glendowie College, but um, yeah, I did okay a bit. But to be fair, that that is taking into account that I I barely showed up, and it was a it's a whole nother conversation, I guess. But yeah, anyway, so I'll uh, I'll I'll skip over school because I feel like at, at some point I'll probably have friends from both of those schools come on this because I'm still kind of close with people from both, so. I think it would probably be better to get into stories and stuff like that with um with other people that were there. Maybe give you like more of a uh, a nuanced view than just mine. So, um, but yeah. So I'll get into stuff that maybe I I probably won't have too many people to talk to though, which is like I guess my um my like career professional sort of journey a little bit, and then um what yeah what led me to wanting to start a podcast and start a clothing brand. You know, um like on paper just for context right now i'm a like a 
business insights analyst for um, for a pretty big company in New Zealand, and I'm not going to name the company, but I guess if you watch enough of my stuff, you probably I'll probably drop it by accident. But um, you but it in the last video. oh, did I actually? Oh, okay, yeah, well, shocker. All right, well, I <laughs> I work for Countdown, then I guess it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, but yeah, so. So I do that, but then you know, you might people might be wondering why I'm doing this on the side, and it's it's because, um, as much as like my I guess professional career has been fulfilling in some regards, it uh, there's like a inherent part of me that is you know always striving to be creative and like do more creative shit, and like I guess an outlet for that initially was you know I I, I started making the clothes and like I really like that stuff but then um just really getting into I think I talked about this in the last one as well but just like when I really started to think about marketing it I was like oh well I actually probably need to be on socials for that and then you know there's so much generic bullshit like boring content on um uh that on like clothing companies Instagrams and shit and I was just like uh I probably just like have to build a brand around myself and do, go the influencer route and then circle back to the, the clothes so I'm kind of trying to do both at the same time, I guess like the the focus is always in in shot is is the clothing brand because that that is like my my primary focus. I work on that like for two hours, yeah, two hours a day. So that's what fourteen hours a week on top of my normal job, and then all of this other shit that that I'm doing now as well. So that's gonna be fun. We'll see how I fit that into my schedule. But yeah, so that's sort of why I'm started started to do it. But you know, to circle right back to what I was talking about before, which is like what I've what I sort of did after school so when I left school I really had no idea what I wanted to do uh I despite doing like okay academically like never really never really uh fell in love with any academic subjects so my my big dream leaving school was not like most people like where you know they went into a degree or whatever and decided on what they were going to do for the next three years and then consequently the rest of their lives um, which I, I guess a lot of people are having a rude awakening, or at least my friends now that have finished their degrees, some of them are having realizations that maybe it wasn't the right path. But besides that, um, yeah, I just, I, I never really knew what I wanted to do, so I, I couldn't commit. So, I mean, to be fair, I, I'm I'm lucky in a lot of senses that I didn't fall into some degree that I don't believe in because I could have very easily done that, you know. I, I get very... Um, one-track minded about stuff so I'm yeah really really grateful I didn't end up doing some sort of commerce degree or something but uh, <laughs> well I mean it's just the truth isn't it but um no I don't want to shit talk all of people doing commerce degrees but I think that um well I mean like you know it depends what obviously what you major in as well and there's like a lot of nuance factors but you know it doesn't it's not going to matter for you train because you're going to be a, um, a famous executive producer so you know yeah, and you would have got, I mean, it's not nepotism, she's putting in the hours, you know, but, um, yeah, anyways, so I'm really glad I didn't do that, but I did, but a consequence of not knowing what I wanted to do, I started working in a bar, um, so I was like, you know, still, uh, like, fresh 18, halfway through year 13, um, and I, yeah, I started working at a bar called Swashbucklers, which is, like a, a dirty sailor bar really if you wanted to, to wanted to put it I couldn't really put it any other way but there's there's something that you you've got to love about that place love to hate it I guess um and yeah so I, I started working there got the job through my my cousin who was working there at the time um and yeah really fell in love with bartending um as I guess any you know 18 year old that you know all you love to do is really drink and <laughs> you finally are allowed to go to bars and then let alone get the chance to, you know, serve people in bars, or just like being around alcohol and that sort of, uh, I guess, atmosphere at the time was exactly what I wanted. And uh, yeah, so out, out of school, I was like, I had, I had no questions about what I wanted to do. I <laughs> was like, literally, if you look at my um, my year 13, like book or whatever, it says like, wh where do you see yourself in 10 years? I said bartending somewhere tropical. So I was really, my all, all my dreams were at that point were to, <laughs> to be a bartender full-time, somewhere in the sun and you know looking back now it still does sound like that would be pretty good <laughs> to be honest but obviously like it's one of those things that you, you when you're when you're in the bartending world it's it's very different to looking in it from from the outside perspective so um but yeah so I was I was I was working as a bartender at Swashbucklers started working full-time as soon as I finished school because my mom decided to to charge me rent um which was you know not 
the not the norm um around my friend friend group i guess a lot of them um went to uni and then there was a lot that didn't as well but but yeah i <laughs> i had to start paying rent so i was like you know what fuck it um i found a place that was cheaper so my mom for context mom was charging me like 150 bucks a week and i was like uh you know <laughs> fuck you mom <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna find somewhere cheaper so i found a i found somewhere that was 100 bucks a week and it was uh, sharing a room um with uh, with one of my best friends aunt so i actually basically ended up moving in with with his family pretty much um not like fully because you know it was like an apartment but his mom only stayed there on like a couple of nu- couple of days in the week because uh, she was you know working um working a corporate job but also like lived up north so yeah so so i was sharing a, a room two single beds in one room that was a, a very intimate experience you get to know someone quite well when you're when you spend that much time with them um and i've lived with that uh, many times over the years so i guess it's a testament to to how good the relationship is because you know i i, I still would live with them you know there's like obviously i think if you live with anyone there's there's things that annoy you but i think that like in, in, term, in the scheme of people that i could live with he's like one yeah one, one of the top ones and i think that's just a testimony to a te- oh, sorry a testament to the friendship so but yeah so i was i lived there for a bit um right out of school <laughs> paying 100 bucks a week sharing room and then eventually uh got an offer through one of my um one of my flatmates well i say one of my flatmates but at, at the time was just some, someone i worked with at swashbucklers um but we'd got pretty close because i think like you know you work hospital and you kind of uh, as a consequence of working hospital you're every every shift you spend together you're through those like really tough shifts together and then you're all on weird schedules so you you know go out mid midweek really really late hours rather than like the weekends like the people that get like normal jobs i guess so you just become really close and yeah i got i got invited to to live at their place and it was like another really small room but i was very cheap rent it was like 100 i think i was think i was paying 150 to live there but um it was a, a completely crazy experience i wouldn't trade for anything you know th- that place was insane so for those that know um called the rosedank resort um which is <laughs> rosebank road um and yeah there's some of some of my best friends um to this day were, were flatmates there and um actually i guess like oh yeah all, all basically everyone that lived there i'm 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 very good friends with and um yeah it was a it was an interesting point in my life so hopefully i'll have some of those people on um as well um to yeah so we can we can talk about more of that stuff again i, pr- I probably don't want to go into too many of the stories just by myself but um yeah just to give you that sort of context i worked at worked at um so left school started bartending full-time worked at swashbucklers for a bit moved in with a bunch of people that um that i worked with at swashbucklers and some of their friends um and then after that i went into like a i i realized that swashbucklers was probably like not what i wanted to do i wanted to keep moving up in the the bartending world so it's sort of like a theme for me i guess it's just like I, I got really really bored I guess of what I was doing there and I wanted I was looking for that next step up um, I think which is, is just inherent for anyone that I guess spends enough time doing this doing the same thing so like you know I thought that bartending was going to be my my be all and end all and then I sort of started work yeah started working there I guess like got really good and like really good at what I was doing and then wanted to move on to something else and then I got into cocktail bartending and I did that at Euro for a bit before it closed and after it was good so it's like sort of in the in the middle spectrum still a really upper class like nice restaurant but not quite as um renowned as it was in initially um and yeah so i did that for an, another six months or so before i started applying for jobs and um actually through um through my cousin's girlfriend at the time she was working at uh working at a bank um, and they were looking for people to work in the call center and, um, she managed to get me in the door basically. So I got an interview there. Um, and you know, it's embarrassing now looking back, but I, you know, I showed up in my, in my suit, not really sure what to do. My first sort of like shot at corporate, um, I was still quite young. I think I was 19 at the time. Wasn't that your ball suit? Uh, yeah, probably was my balls. I didn't really have any other suits, but I, you know, I, th- I thought I looked good in that one. So um anyways yeah show, show up in my show my ball suit for that interview 
And I must have said something, right? And I guess that's like a testament, again, to the, the people skills you learn in hospital. Like, there's a lot of valuable skills there. So, um, yeah, took that, started working in a call center. Um, and, yeah, I worked, this is at a, a bank called Heartland Bank. So, I, I was there for, I think, three and a half years or so. Um, but, yeah, basically started in the call center. And then, you know, sort of every six months had some sort of progression. So, moved up through the call center. Um and yeah, at my early days there were a bit of a mess and a blur because I was still living at the um, living at the at the flat with um, the bartenders that I knew and <laughs> my my good friends from um, from Rosebank Road. So yeah, that was a <laughs> that was an interesting interesting mix. Uh, you know, working a normal nine to five corporate, and I was probably doing late hours as well because I was trying to trying to grow um, in that company. But then also coming home to parties and um you know very different schedules and drinking every night type of stuff so i really feel like i got that that whole uh cram study uh university experience i guess if you will um but yeah eventually that that did became become a bit much when i started to um started to try and i actually i quit drinking so that's probably was one of the biggest catalysts i was i was working it might not look like that now so just you know bear with me but at the time i was quite bad with the drinking so I guess I was like oh, it's time to time to clean up my act and like start taking my work more seriously so I decided that I was going to move to a smaller flat with um, some of the people from the the flat that were also on the same same buzz so that's when I moved in with um, Sam uh, Sam and Ashley um, and yeah we moved into the to a place I think it was um, I think it was Avondale Road um, from memory, yeah, Avondale Road, one five two Avondale Road. That's probably should have dropped the address, but you can check it out, I guess, if you really want to. It's really nice views there. Um, yeah, I think they call it they call it Tifari Farnell. That was the name of that flat, I think. Yeah, I guess like every flat has kind of like a name, but yeah, that wasn't that was that one. And um, uh, that was that was a cool that was a cool experience. I, I guess I just sort of like dived more into work I was doing crazy hours and trying to grow and it was like you know I was that weird guy that was always working really late um in in a call center which people were really confused about like my colleagues were like oh you should go home early and I was just like not feeling it and I I, I don't know if that was uh that was the healthiest approach to be honest and <laughs> in, in, in retrospect I don't know if I would have done that again but um I guess I just like sort of applied that like you know working 18 hour days mentality of, and like just always doing something in hospital to to the corporate setting and it turns out that like the yeah corporate settings actually like pretty chill <laughs> you don't actually have to work that hard it's like hard work it's like like it's quote-unquote brain work but I don't even know if that's true really to be honest um so yeah so I was doing that for a while and um went through a lot a few positions at the at the bank before yeah finally going going into what i'm doing now which is data analytics but yeah i think that all of my time in corporate has has led me to the the realization that um i i need to start something for myself i guess like i'm not i'm not gonna i don't want to work for someone for the rest of my life and um and i'm not going to get rich doing that not that money is everything but i think everyone can agree that money is a pretty important thing and you know determining peace i suppose because you you want to you want to have at least financial independence i would say which is what i'm sort of striving for now and you know i've I've never been someone that's good with money any anyone you ask can uh, can attest to that so yeah it's uh, it's been a that's been a big shock to the system you know i can I could, I could quit drinking that was fine but even though i am drinking again now but you know i did that for like two years two months 17 days something like that <laughs> and um, <laughs> who's counting um and uh uh yeah so I, I can do that if i really want to and you know i can i can do the the wake up early i can do the running shit i can do the fitness stuff like i can do any any of that stuff but the finance stuff has always been my biggest struggle like you know if you could see the, the i didn't think i talked about this a little bit on the last one but if you could see the podcast set up on this one is it's you know, I clearly still have an issue. <laughs> clearly, I could have made this cheaper to start with before it really took off, but I um, instead decided to go all in. But you know, that whatever, that's kind of how I am. I'm just I, I, baby steps in the budgeting scheme of things. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like, I guess, a bit of concept around my story. Um, hopefully, there'll be like some questions that I can answer. And, you know, I think the more guests I have on, you'll probably get to know me better. Like, you know, I've got quite a diverse group of friends and like, you know, I sort of talk through the stages of my life up until now, but you know, I can really draw from different 
parts of that and sort of learn what my what my mindset was like at that at different points not that i think that it's changed too too much i think that i'm still still the same in some regards but definitely like i think your your goals shift over time and it's like interesting i guess growing older i think that's something that everyone sort of realizes um but yeah that's sort of my story and uh, i guess the just look look to my executive producer for some for some notes on the on the next phase or we can just cut it here for a second um yeah so what's next when my sister I'll take a sip. I'll take a sip. Like, you know, whatever. I think maybe I should make another drink at some point. I mean, I have only had one. I just feel bad drinking by myself. You know, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I think it's mainly because it's recorded. It's like... Well, that's true. I don't... It's... No, I, it's, it's definitely just because of the camera. I just feel like it's like a guilty thing. You know, like, I don't want to fucking, like, see myself... <laughs> you know, I don't want to have to watch it back and people be my, I can just see this in my next therapy session. Just like, you know, being like, so how's the, how's the not drinking going? And it's like, okay, okay. I drank by myself that one hour. Okay. It was a pop for a podcast. It was for business. I was, it wasn't for me. Okay. That's, I really tried to outline that, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, in, in the description for my episodes, I probably put the, the same, like it's for the people. Yeah, exactly. Like for, for the audience. I'm reliving my bartending days, you know, I'm reliving them, you know, and that's, that's what people want to, that's what people want to see, you know, it's, it's entertainment, <laughs> it's what it is, it's what it is, someone else's life's a mess, it's entertainment, and, you know, we've seen that all over, it, you go, any, any influencer in LA, you know, that's sort of like the, the well, a lot of them are getting a bit more positive now, I will say, I don't know, maybe an interesting question to them, I feel like I'm talking to no one, but you know, I, I am probably talking to no one, but, it's like, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, drop, drop in the comments, you know, if, if God forbid there is some of those, I, I'd really love to, um, love to know what kind of people you guys are, are watching, you know, like, what's, uh, like, what, what are you watching on YouTube, do you watch YouTube, you know, is, is my, um, it's my audience more on TikTok, because, you know, I'm trying to make content for everything, and it is really, it's hard not to, not to, th- not to think that it's cringe, and I'm some douchey vlogger, <laughs> because, you know, the reality is that, you, I'm taking, you know, I make like 30 second vlogs a day and, uh, I'm starting to notice it, you know, <laughs> I'm starting to feel it. Like, you know, I bring my, pull my camera out. Just rec- I'm just like recording my food. I'm that fucking guy at the restaurant now. Just like taking a snap of my food. Like, what's that for? It's like, yeah, it's for social media. It's what it's for. You know, today I went to a bar for the first, like for the first time in a long time. And my, I, I I'm starting a new series now, which is called On the Rocks. You know, now now all of a sudden I'm reviewing bars. I had no business reviewing bars. I'd fucking asked the waitress if I could record today. You know, who am I? <laughs> what the fuck happened to me? I was like sitting there waiting for the best table. I literally stayed for one drink, one drink, and I like. W- would have been so annoying probably to the side. I was like, oh, I was like trying to get the the front table. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, you kind of the front table. Like this this lady's got it first. I was like, oh, no worries. Like, is it cool if I just film the view first though? Who asks that? You know, who in their right minds asking that? You know, but I guess that's me now. Uh, and yeah, so I, had, I asked if I could view like film the bar or whatever. I really don't know what she thinks of me to be honest. I, I don't know that I should care. I don't really care. I think it's more just like I used to be a server. So thinking about like what I would have thought in in a service position is really funny. <laughs> Just like who is this douche? <laughs> who is this douchebag that thinks that he's a vlogger? Thinks he's famous, you know? And she's right, you know. I don't even I I have fucking you know twelve followers. I have twelve subscribers. See, it's not even. I'm too old. I don't even know what know what the term is anymore. Yeah, I have twelve subscribers on YouTube. I have fucking eleven eleven followers on TikTok. I'm really fucking blowing up. <laughs> it's, a, it's to the moon to the moon baby. the only platform i'm doing okay on and when i say okay that's still terrible got fucking 84 followers on instagram I 84 you know that's that is good for my channel so in the spectrum of things you know it could be better but i've been told consistency is key so i'm gonna keep talking to myself for an hour every week in the hopes that eventually i pick up an audience <laughs> <laughs> and that's the plan. Uh, I can understand now. I was having a conversation with my mom earlier today, 
and she was basically saying like what what do you do i feel like you she's almost very concerned about what i'm doing like putting too much so much of my life out on the internet and you know i really want to just be like you don't get it mom like i'm i'm trying to make something of myself but then if you look back at like the the objective evidence that she has to work with she's right <laughs> you know it's hard to argue with someone when you haven't made it yet you know i i guess i could argue that there's some some vision component to it but who am i fucking kidding i have no idea what's going to come of this you know by all by all means, I could I could get drunk on one of these episodes to say something and not have a job anymore. So, I guess, I guess in the in the scheme of things, a lot could go wrong from this. But I am I am choosing to lean into the positives. Um, yeah, that's a bit of a tangent. <laughs> that's a bit of a tangent about about what's going on with me right now and 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 how I feel about influencers. I guess I never really thought I would be one, and and now I'm realizing that it's just the best way to market products. So now that is me, which is. Ode to joy, you know, I guess it's it's all fun, but um, yeah, I'm going to keep drinking. I'm going to keep drinking because that's, that's all I can do <laughs> to, to get over this new self-image that I've projected. <sighs> but yeah, so I have, um, another, maybe another thing, I'm going to talk about the set a little bit. It's a bit interesting, this is the first episode, might as well. So, uh, I don't know. If anyone recognizes this, again, still probably just talking to myself, but don't know if anyone recognizes this bad boy. This one is uh, is from my uh, from my w- one of my first shoots for for SAG Collection. So, um, it's actually kind of a funny story with that. To be honest, <laughs> I uh, I had this idea right where I was like, oh, what's like a cheap thing that I could do to to promote the brand? Like, what what can I do to promote the brand that is gonna is gonna give is gonna have um, it's going to be cheap and it's going to be like go viral potentially. I was, you know, I think I'm going viral, but you know, it, you know, it did viral for me. It got fucking six likes or something. So <laughs> it's a great success. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I was like, Oh, what could I do? You know that you do that green screen shit all the time. Like, wouldn't it be really cool if maybe I like, uh, I do something with a green screen and my photographer had this idea of like, you know, spray painting, like, uh, spray painting the, the the logo the sad face and i was like that's that's a really good idea so i was like you know what? i'm gonna i'm gonna commit to this and i was like okay what what can i do to hang i need to find some sort of frame like maybe like some sort of mirror would be cool and turns out mirrors are really fucking expensive <laughs> so i went to went to k road with you know fuck not 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 much um not much knowledge around uh, what the op shopping market was like and i was you know sort of walking up and down looking for cheap mirrors and op shops and it turns out they don't exist especially not this fucker you might think this looks grand and that's because it is grand <laughs> it's uh, this thing costs like 150 bucks or something um yeah i spent 150 bucks on an old mirror because <laughs> that's the thing that uh, i think a lot of people don't realize about furniture and stuff is like when it's when it gets to like especially some of the op shops on k road it it doesn't it's no longer second hand it's it's vintage <laughs> it's a um it's it's an original you know or, original piece so that's sort of what, what what we ended up with here um but i saw this was the first thing i'd seen all day and i had to go to the shoot the next day so i was like you know what fuck it i'm going to have to i'm going to have to commit to it so i bought this and that's not even the funny part the funny part is i bought this thing i take it to the I take it to the place um it's all good and well. We're working out how to shoot it. We I had like some green paper or whatever that I stuck over the top of this, and I was like spray painting that. So, um, it's that's why the image doesn't look exactly like this. And if you've seen what I did on that, I sort of um, I, I for for the image, what I've done is I've like put the uh, Balenciaga apology story. So I'll go into a bit more detail on that. But um, but yeah, so there's like a like an image behind the apology story behind, and then there's the sad face that I supposedly spray painted on. But I re- I I've since spoken to my photographer, and uh, he's told me that in post, unfortunately, it didn't work out taking the green screen out. So we had to draw the fucking smiley face on um, with the pen tool. So you know, this really is just to represent that I actually did spray paint the thing, even though that might not be how it looks on the page now. And I was really happy. I thought it looked a little artificial, but I was like, oh, I guess that's just what happened in post. But no. It turns out that they couldn't use the footage, so yeah, that's what it looks like now. I go into the Balenciaga story just for the context, but circle back to that. So basically, there was like this whole story post thing, um, apologizing for some some recent drama that Balenciaga had been involved in. So 
I don't know if you know, but uh, basically they had like this this campaign shoot where there was kids wearing like uh, well, not wearing kids with like teddy bears that were wearing BDSM stuff, and that on its own would have been pretty fucking weird, Balenciaga. <laughs> it's just like that on its own would have been enough to get canceled, but. No, that's not why they got cancelled. They're a big brand. They could have fucking worked in some creative bullshit to get out of that. But no, the, the reason they got cancelled is because they had a, a very famous case. They had some documents from a very famous case. I think it was Wayne versus Roe, what's called. Um, basically, it's like a, a very famous, like, um, what constitutes child pornography um, case. And they had these scattered in the background. you got to fucking question what the, what, the, what the artist was thinking there. You know, there is there is no legitimate reason <laughs> that that should have been in the shoot it's not like whoopsie <laughs> just dropped in you know we <laughs> just dropped in some fucking uh court documents from a famous case that happened like 40 years ago you know no that's <laughs> just not realistic so yeah and then they, they come up with this apology story and i guess like my thing was like i was like to rhyme on the edge i didn't I didn't want to make it like a, a sponsored post or whatever, and you know, like, let's be real, my audience is so small that it probably made fuck all difference. But I just wanted to, I wanted to let the kids know that we fucking stand against Balenciaga because, fuck, you know, that was, you know, a terrible, a terrible creative decision, and I think really indefensible, if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, I heard some heard some stuff recently. Apparently, the the um, creative director was like the, the the hardest time in his life and you know as it should be and then uh, and then now he's really gone back to the back to his roots and is working on just the clothes so i guess stay tuned for whatever they have next but um in my mind uh, i don't think you can really come back from that with just an apology post so hopefully they do something more than that i know that they made a donation but really at that point like their first reaction was to was to blame the creative agency they were using and like it's like come on guys there would definitely be an approvals process so there's just really nothing to, no legs to stand on there but yeah let's move on to the rest of the set so yeah not every part of the set is going to have a, a talking point like that just just so you know we're going to walk through each of the bottles that we're going to have a life story but no and the the other the other thing that i wanted to to point out was this the sign here the hughes play sign so my bar this one is actually going to have a story so just you know i don't know what i just said <laughs> but this, but um yeah, so the my my bar. I always had a dream when I was bartending, and I guess still now to to run my own bar. I wanted to I wanted to start a, a bar, and I didn't know what to name it. And uh, my my flatmate and good friend at the time, Jack. When I say at the time, my good friend Jack um, came up with the idea to call it Hughes Place. So it's like uh, Who's Place, Hughes Place, and uh, Hugh was my nickname for context, and uh, Hugh was my nickname because I used to make really shitty jokes at the bar all the time, really bad, poor taste jokes, um, not poor taste, but just, just bad jokes, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I was nicknamed Mr. Humor Bartender, or Hugh Mer Bartender, Hugh M. Tender, um, and you might be able to see that in the, <laughs> in, in the letter there, which is from another one of my flatmates, Elliot, but, um, yeah, so, so that's how I got the name Hugh, and then obviously Jack came up with the Hughes Place thing, Hughes Place, Hughes Place, and then, um, one of my other flatmates, uh, Jamie Harris, uh, I think I talked about her a little bit in the last one. She does, um, she does tattoos. So all of my tattoos are her, uh, from her, but yeah, she was doing a lot of creative stuff at the time. And yeah, she painted that, um, as a present, which is why it's uh, still there. And I think that is like the logo that I'm going to use when I do finally open that bar. Cause I am going to do that. And, uh, someday. So this is like the, the start of that. And sort of the idea behind the bottles is like, I wanted to every week, put a new bottle on the bar and slowly the bar is going to grow as the episodes grow and then you know obviously we're going to drink some so there's going to be some sort of rotation but i'm going to try and not finish the bottle <laughs> which can be a challenge for me hopefully not on a solo episode but um yeah it can be a challenge for me sometimes but um yeah so hopefully this bar is going to grow um and for context the one that we added this week was uh in honor of the guest that that didn't come so we will drink this at another date but this is the skate race black uh, which is one of Will Chisholm's favorite drinks. So, uh, when he is better, uh, you know, because it, it, it is one of those things you don't really want to do. You don't really want to do. If, if you're not feeling well, a podcast is the last thing you want to do. <laughs> Just fucking condense talking. Like, you can't even fade into the background of that. Like, you have to be active. So, I, I get it. Um, so, yeah, we'll be drinking the Scapegrace Black. Um, and I'll probably make some cocktails. I, I think that that's something I want to do on the show as well. I want to try and um, start making 
like you, you know doing like cocktail segments at the beginning like as part of the opener so maybe each episode i do a different cocktail just to start with i think it'd be impractical to do that ongoing until finally we get a budget where we can have bartenders but um at this point where it's me and my executive producer who does not know how to bartend um I think that it just makes sense probably <laughs> for for there to be one cocktail at the beginning and then we drink GNTs because that's what I like to drink or maybe maybe rum and dries well, depending on depending on the day. Um also down here got uh we're actually not sponsored by East Imperial but if East Imperial wants to sponsor at a later date uh we've been repping you uh, from episode 1 so really just trying to keep that in the it's not in the highlight but you know we can move that up you know it's that's completely up for debate and um and this here the last thing probably i want to talk about uh maybe the second last thing i want to talk about so this is uh this is a coupe glass um which is actually the coupe glass that i stole from euro uh (laughs) that i still have and is one of my most prized possessions and this thing um is yeah my tattoo so I got this I got this glass I liked it so much that I got it tattooed on my leg and now it sits uh as the odd glass out in my in my bar and I think I'll probably take this with me um and probably be a display piece so you look as like fucking beautiful I don't know if you how well you can see that yeah I I think that it's like a fucking beautiful glass and like I know there's something about drinking a cocktail out of something like this that just really changes the game for me And yeah, the last thing, I really just want to unplug this, but I know it's on a wireless mic, so I'm just going to put this down for a second. <laughs> put this down for a second. Um, the last sort of few things, this bad boy here, this bad boy here, I don't know if sorry you heard that, but um, this book here, The the Craft of the Cocktail. So this is a <clears throat> Dale DeGroff classic cocktail book. And um, yeah, this was, a, this was a gift from um, someone I worked with at... Um, at Swashbuckler's Sam, and uh, yeah, she's, she's kind enough to give me her personal copy of it with, uh, you know, a, a really nice note, and then she's also like put little tabs on the, on the cocktail she likes the best, like recipes to try and stuff, and like different different things to pay attention to. So this one's been a real lifesaver, and I think a bar, um, isn't really made perfect. I mean, obviously, with technology these days, you could just look it up on your phone, but there's there's something sentimental about having this classic book and obviously from from the the legend himself Dale DeGroff um yeah just all all around uh yeah so everything in this bar kind of has like a bit of a, a bit of a story I guess not everything but you know the bottles have stories I just can't remember them the ones that are empty anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah I'm gonna put this back now so we put the mic down but and then I'll make myself a drink and then we can get into the next segment if I do decide to put this in, I'm drinking the Roku Gin again, gift from Sam and Ashley. Uh, much love you guys. This is a, my Christmas present from them. Um, and it's been really fucking smooth, to be honest. I really like this one. Um, would recommend. Also, the bottle. This looks fucking sick. So I'm probably... If you see this as a staple in my bar, um, just don't take note of how empty it is because it's not going to get keep... Like I'm not topping it up every time is what I want. I want I'm trying to highlight. There's not a new bottle. It's the same bottle. You know, I just want people to know that the levels might change, but it's the same bottle. Okay, I'm not drinking it every day. Okay, just wanted to highlight that. Welcome to uh, Drink ASMR. Alright, and what's the prompt, Trin? Okay, so you've got fashion designer, influencer, musician, or you can give your diet. Well, I mean, I kind of covered off all the, the other stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, something that my executive producers brought up and brought up frequently with her friends, apparently, which to my, <laughs> much to my disdain, um, is my, my dieting journey. So uh, fuck it. I might as well get into it. You know, if people are interested, I don't really care to share, care to not share. So yeah, if you've known me for a long time, you probably know that I've gone through a lot of different diets, um, some of them crazier than others. So I started with like a pretty just unhealthy all Maccas diet. Uh, and that was more out of, um, out of laziness, <laughs> really. I was didn't really have, any people say I didn't have time to cook. I mean, like I definitely had time to cook. I mean, I wasn't really doing it. I was drinking in the other time, but I was busy enough to not want to cook, you know? And so I was ordering Maccas a lot and 
I've probably, honestly, if you look at my Uber Eats, it's disgusting. I'm probably Max's best customer, which is just really, I and it's saying something, because I haven't been able to order from there for like six months or something like that, and it's probably longer than six months, probably like eight months now. Um, but anyways, I'll get into that, at, I'll get into that at the end of this, but yeah, so Macca's was my main meal of choice for a long time, uh, but I did also alternate in, you know, when I, when I felt like eating fresh Subway, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's some healthy, healthy choices in there. Not really. Just eat a lot of roast shop. Um, yeah, pizza, not really pizza, actually. I don't really like pizza for some reason. Um, kind of controversial take, but you'll find out why that I don't like pizza. So anyways, um, yeah, so I did that. Uh, and then after, hmm? Ah, oh, okay, fuck. Honestly, looking at the camera is really hard because it's not like a natural, it's not natural, um, like for the chair. You know what I mean? Anyways, I'm going to try, I'm going to try look at the camera more because, uh, apparently I'm not doing a good job of that and looking around the room all the time when there's no one else in the room, it's just fucking... You know, I, I want, like to think, you know, I'm look, talking to the, it's a live audience, people that actually want to see me talk, but no, there's no one here. <laughs> so I'm going to reiterate again, I am here by myself, other than my executive producer who's telling me to look at the camera. So I am, I'm looking at the camera, whatever, whatever. I can look at the camera. You think I can't? I'm going to do it. I'm looking at the camera. Um, yeah, so that was one of my diets. That one's, I think a lot of people go through that diet, that phase, you know, if you want to call it that. I, I don't like to call it a phase, you know, I like to call it a... Uh, the happy times of my life. Um, but anyways, takeaways were out and I was like, you know what? I feel like shit, man. It might be the takeaways, not the booze I'm drinking every night. It might be the takeaways though. Could be the takeaways. Cause you know, fuel in energy out, etc., etc. So I was like, you know what? Let me, let me take it back to my roots. You know, let's, <laughs> let's try a different kind of diet. Um, so, you know, most normal people would think, fuck it, I'm going to, I'm going to cook, you know, that's, that seems practical, but you got to keep in mind at this point in my life, I was, uh, I had, I didn't think I had any time to spare, which is laughable now, <laughs> but at the time I was a busy man, you know, I had, I, you know, I, I needed every ounce of efficiency I could with my meals. So my solution to that was I traded out the, the Maccas and the fast food that was making me feel like shit. And I traded that out for all of the all of the nutrients you require in a diet every every part of the nutrients but double the efficiency and a quarter of the price and you ask how do you do that it's a little thing i like to call huel <laughs> okay this was a mistake looking back it was a mistake looking back but i did it for 2 months 2 3 months i i drank liquid meals huel's a liquid meal so huel is stands for human fuel um if you're wondering and um you probably won't, but it, yeah, it stands for human fuel, and they don't recommend replacing your full diet with it, but as far as I was concerned, it's got more nutrients than Mac is, so fuck it, why not? Um, so yeah, I was drinking this shit, you know, three times a day, probably twice a day, I was still unhealthy, I probably only drink it twice a day, so my whole diet, I literally in the mornings, I would go into work sometimes, and I would mix my fuel with like, I'd have like the two scoops of fuel, it's like kind of like a it feels like, it's almost like a protein shake, but it just tastes nothing, it tastes like shit, compared to a protein shake, and that's saying something, but I actually like this protein shake now, and maybe it's because I drank so much heel, but, um, anyways, like, two scoops of heel, and then I'd chuck my fucking, like, instant coffee mix on top of that, and that would be what I'd have for breakfast, that was, uh, yeah, and that was because before that, you know, I was having Maccas and, you know, a liter, pro- no, not a liter, yeah, actually, no, it probably was a liter, I was having two 500 mil energy drink cans a morning, so <laughs> I was, I was drinking a liter of fucking Blue V every morning, and I traded that for, uh, human fuel, which is just liquid meals mixed with, um, mixed with instant coffee, and, you know, on the outside, and I can see how you think that that sounds crazy, and that is unhealthy, and you would be right, and, you know, if that period of my life was not enjoyable, um, but I am, you know, as I said, one track mind, very persistent. And, um, I was able to keep that up for three months. <laughs> Let's keep that up for three months. Um, and that was hard. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's a fair, a fair concern to be honest, but anyways, so I did that. 
and you might think, oh damn, like that's that's pretty out there. No one really, no one, no one really gives that a fair crack. And I can tell you why they don't do that because, you know, obviously my personal experience is not positive. But you know what? I was like, okay, all of this Huel and booze is not making me feel better. <laughs> and why is that? Huel instant coffee and booze seems I'm getting all the nutrients I need. What's wrong? I was like, fuck it. Maybe maybe they're right. Maybe I need to choose something. So. You know, most people would be like, "Okay, that seems reasonable. Let's 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 go into like uh, you should you should just you know eat three meals a day, make it like reasonably healthy. Look at the food pyramid, maybe. But no, no, old old ad was like, no, let's fucking heels not working. Let's you know what? I still can't or don't want to for some reason, and. To, let's be really clear here. The reason that I didn't want to spend money on food is because I was spending money on other things, and <laughs> it wasn't a it wasn't a lack of finances. It was a lack of accurate oh, or a good financial management. But um, yeah. So I decided, you know, instead of instead of drinking Huel uh, three times or twice a day, um, I was instead going to intermittent fast and eat once a day. Um, so yeah, I I went straight. My transition was straight from Huel liquid food to to solid food but fuck all of it <laughs> i was eating once a day and um yeah it's called uh omad which is uh one meal a day um and i did that diet for for a while as well and i, I remember vividly during this period that i would uh i would because i was in an office situation where there was snacks around all the time and i would put those snacks in front of me and i called it the temptation is key was one of my quotes. Because I have that fucking little little donut or whatever sitting on the corner of my desk. I used to fucking look at that donut all day. One meal a day. I was like, I can't eat it. I can't eat it. And I'd take it home at the end of the day in that, uh, in that hour. Which is the craziest thing about that diet. Is that like you can't even eat that much in that hour. Because your stomach is reduced in size so much that you're full so quick. <laughs> but uh, that seemed like a good plan to me. So I did that for a bit. Naturally. Why am I still not feeling good? It just doesn't make sense. It's just illogical to me. There is no... Can't be the booze. Can't be the booze. Can't be everything out. Maybe it's the diet. <laughs> maybe it's the diet. Probably, in part, this time, maybe it was the diet. <laughs> okay? Maybe maybe for the past two examples, it was the diet. But you know what? I went I, I went back to my roots a little bit, but I, I did it with a twist this time. The next diet I tried... And you got to keep in mind that there was no normal eating in between this. This was all in succession. So it was liquid diet, OMAD, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to give fucking pescatarian a swing. So, so I was like, you know what? It's the processed meats that I'm eating that's the problem. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, go to fish. But the issue is that I didn't, like a normal person, go to normal fish. I went to processed fish. I was eating fish burgers fucking you know, every meal, <laughs> fish burgers, and, uh, I was eating a lot of, uh, like, when, when you're pescatarian, it's a really loose definitions, but you can still have loaded fries, so I was eating, you know, fish burgers and loaded fries, that was my pescatarian diet, and, you know, admittedly, I only did it because someone dared me that I couldn't do it, but, again, still fast progression, boom, 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 I can do that, no trouble, so, yeah, actually, you know, to be honest, actually, it wasn't probably quick. There was probably a period in the, in between that, after the the liquid diet, uh, sorry, after OMAD, one meal a day, where I was like, you know, I'm just gonna go back to my, go back to just eating takeaway. So I probably went back to Macca's then, because I was like, you know, I feel worse than now than I did when I was eating Macca's three times a day, which maybe makes sense in retrospect. Um, and then so I traded that, uh, that diet, and I was like, oh, well, I'll just go pescatarian. But I really, really what that meant. As, as as discussed as loaded fries from kebab shops and um and fish burgers so i've had a lot of fish fillets in my time and they are the worst burger from macca's but you better believe it it was still a staple of my diet so um yeah so that happened and then yeah pescatarian again probably not the best move for me maybe if i did it properly it would have been fine but never i'm proud to say i've never tried to be vegan because uh, fuck that and i've never tried to be vegetarian because i just as a person deeply just i don't know i I don't like i don't like vegetables or fruits um which is a a weird thing that a lot of people that know me think is weird and maybe now the other four people that watch this that don't know me think is weird but um yeah i don't like them i don't know why uh 
maybe it's like I would like to say it's from birth, but it's it's never been my thing. Um, anyways, so now, now we've come full circle on the diet front, and I am no longer any sort of whack diet by choice. So actually, I or I guess there was like an in between period that I talk about. So like I I sort of was like I realized that I was being dumb for those those earlier years of my life and I was like okay I'm gonna actually like seriously work this out because I, when I started training I was like okay I need to be really intentional about what I'm eating and I still wasn't feeling good so I was like okay there was a period where I was like you know doing like the the chicken and rice and different variations of that every day just to bulk because um, I was like really skinny from doing OMAD and pescatarian and liquid diet so I like I really lost a lot of weight at that point so I was trying to gain that back which was really not that hard for me because apparently that's just my body type but yeah, so I gained all that weight back pretty quickly. I was eating, like, basically just, I was doing meal prep. I was just eating, like, rice, rice, protein, and I was eating vegetables, which I really fucking hated still. Um, and then after that, I did, like, a, a sort of, like, carnivore diet. You know, some could say I'd been watching too much, too much Rogan or whatever, and, you know, they'd be right. That, that's a pretty fair, fair assessment of the situation. You know, I, it worked for Rogan, it worked for a couple other people on his show, it must work for me, and honestly, I will still say that that is the best I felt in my life, but I decided that um, it's not it's not easy to acclimate to society when you're only doing that, so <laughs> it really limits your options, and especially for me with someone who's got very limited options now, because I, I found out uh, last year, halfway through last year, me and my sister both found out that we're celiacs, so it means we can't have any gluten, which you know, now when you look back at that whole journey of, like, crazy diets, it's like, oh, I was feeling shit, and, you know, most people would say, it's the alcohol, and now I can firmly tell you, fuck you, it's not the alcohol, it is the gluten, okay, it's the gluten, it's because I was drinking beer at the time, and, you know, terrible for you, terrible, the stuff, so, stick to the hard stuff, and, um, don't cut that, stick to the hard spurts, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's my message. So keep trying, keep trying. All those all those people out there that are suffering, you know, you can tr keep trying diets, but I would seriously recommend working out of maybe it's gluten. Gluten might be the problem, you know. Gluten might be the problem. Um, I also don't want to be that guy, so you know, maybe it's maybe it's just you're an alcoholic. So you know, just think about that. Um, but yeah, so I found that out, and now that's really really fucked up my life because I can't get takeaways anymore. I had to cut takeaways out overnight, which was really fucking stressful and. I can't eat out most places without being that annoying guy. It's like, hey, you have a gluten-free menu? I really fucking hate my life. It really sucks. You know, I mocked those people for a long time and working in the service industry, you know, now it's really come full circle and I have to be that guy and I really hate it. It's really something that, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really like beer that much, but not being able to drink it pisses me off. You know, it does. I, I want to... I don't really like beer, but I still want to drink it now. When I see other people having a cold beer, I'm like, that looks nice now, even though I wouldn't have enjoyed it that much back in the day. And there's other things I enjoy better. It's just still like, ah, fuck, I can't have that now. So that's a thing. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty stressful. But yeah, in the in the general scheme of things, it all makes sense full circle. That's what I'm trying to say. Is like, uh, yeah, I, I did all these crazy diets, and then it ended up what like leading to the truth that I was a uh, I was a celiac, and now I'd like to say I feel the best I've ever felt. I'm on, I'm on probably another weird diet right now. I mean, it's not like not weird in a, in, a, in a lot of senses compared to my other diets. Like it's very like intentional. But I, you know, if you've seen my uh, my daily vlogs, you see my like maybe my shakes and a few of them. Uh, those consist of uh, egg white, uh, protein powder, and blueberries, and that's like not really. I mean, the egg whites and stuff is literally just protein content. Like, I'm really focusing on, like, hitting that protein goal um, every day because being, being, like, not that heavy, like, it means that I kind of, like, you know, if I eat too much protein, like, I'm going to go over my calories for the day, and it's, like, it's a whole nother, whole nother thing. So I can get into that probably in, an, in another another podcast I'm going to have when I have um, Will on. He's a personal trainer. He probably want to talk more about, like, the fitness side of things. But, yeah, I will say, though, that it does taste like pretty good like the egg white protein shake is is pretty chill and i got like some advice from a doctor that said that it was chill i mean and i say a doctor she's like just started her residency but she's pretty pretty qualified i would say like she's a very smart lady and ha always has been so um shout out alicia sethi for um sorting out my diet that was much appreciated um yeah but that is my crazy diet experience 
Um, I don't know if we have to go to chat GPT yet. I think that, um... I actually, I think I've got a better question. Okay, and better I'm question. of your company. <laughs> it's an employee of my company, okay. Alright. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know, um, imagine you are the CEO of a company. Imagine, done. Imagined. That is facing financial difficulties. I don't know, imagine that feels a bit, feels, feels a bit loaded, feels a bit loaded. <laughs> Okay. You have the choice of either laying off a large number of employees or taking a pay cut yourself to keep the company afloat. Do you prioritize your own financial interests or the well-being of your employees? Well-being of my employees, hundred percent. And that's like no, and that's that is selfish. My answer because it's <laughs> like if I t- if I uh, pay cut my employees, they would leave me. All my good employees, anyway, would leave me. They would take jobs other places. I know that because I've worked with smart people before and they're not going to fuck around and stay if, if you're being an idiot. Um, and that would be a temporary fix. Like, I would be able to make more money for a short period or make the same money for a short period. But the company would fail. So, yeah, that's, an, that's, that's, that's not even a difficult question. I would definitely take a pay cut, value my employees because if I believe in the company, which I would hope that I wouldn't be in a company that I don't believe in, then my thoughts would be, I need these people to succeed. And that's been my sort of mentality around my company now. Like, you know, I don't have much money to go go around, but I'm still, you know, happy to like pay what I need to pay. And like, I'm working the deficit to try and make this shit work. So I think it's the same shit, you know, you got a small term sacrifice, long term gain. You should be. You should be. Your job is secure. And, and and for context, the reason I bought her and now is because I didn't want people to be like, you only hired her because she's your sister at a later point. You know, like I wanted to, I wanted to give her the opportunity to put in the, put in the groundwork now. So like, you know, she built this company from nothing kind of stuff, you know? So like if she's integral to the company now, then no, no fucking intern can talk shit later in the day. You know, they can speculate, but they'd be wrong. Wouldn't they look at episode one? Look at who's look at who's in the chair, you know? Where it all started. <laughs> she she's the reason I'm sad, so you know arguably you could <laughs> arguably you could attest the whole clothing label. No, just, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no. I actually think that that's something I could talk about like quickly. It's like I feel like a lot of people don't really have like a, a good relationship with their family or their like brother or siblings or whatever and like I think that, like, we, we uniquely do for some reason. I think there was, like, a point where we, you know, like, every, every <laughs> all kids, like, squabble or whatever. But, like, yeah, there was, like, sort of a point where I took that, like, um, older brother protector kind of vibe. And then ever since then, it's just it's been smooth sailing. And we just sort of look at all these, like, other relationships around of, like, people that, like, hate this. I just don't understand. Like, why would you hate your uh, your executive producer? Just you hate someone? Yeah, why would you hate someone that could support your business for free? It just doesn't make any sense. You're just like, look at the economics of it, bro. You're just <laughs> so small-minded. <laughs> so, you got to think big picture. got to think big picture, team. And that is probably the note that I want to leave it on. So I'm hoping, really hoping that we've got enough um, to make it make it last the full hour. And if we don't, you know, blame it on the guest. <laughs> blame it on the guest of which there was no guest. <laughs> so, so blame it on me, I guess. Um but yeah, I feel like to be fair, we got an hour thirty in the last one. So you know, really, you got a free at, free thirty in the last one. You lose thirty in this one. You know, I'm not sure how much of this we have to cut. I'm pretty happy with all of it, but my uh, executive producer is shaking her head. <laughs> so there's at least a few parts we have to cut. You know, shock horror, it, it happens. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to thank everyone for for tuning in again um, to my show, or tuning in for the first time, more likely, or you know tuning in for a two-minute piece and then skipping to the end, which is also possible. I don't know why you'd skip to the end. You'd probably just click off the video. But, yeah, anyways, if you did make it this far, um, Ironic Clothing Label, SAG Collection, please check it out. Website uh, in the description, probably. Um, and then also, you know, I've got my socials. Uh, I'm uh, I'm s.ad.ventures on most platforms. So that's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, and I tried Twitter, but apparently got uh, banned straight away, so it's just really, Elon's fucking some shit up there anyways, don't want to get into that, but um, yeah, so that's that's the platforms I'm on, um, check me out, 
like and subscribe. Obviously, I'm on uh, I'm on Spotify as well. So if you're watching this or Apple Music, maybe if I've managed to work out how to get it onto Apple Music, um, hopefully there's an intro music. Maybe there's some outro music. If there isn't, give me some feedback. You know, I'd love to hear some feedback. Comments is good. Uh, please don't you know just abuse me in the comments. I mean. I will take abuse in the comments because I know that it's good for the algorithm. Like more comments is good, but uh, just, just if you can be nicer, yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, that is me. I'm gonna drop the. I can't drop the mic. It's too expensive. I <laughs> really, I don't have the kind of money <laughs> that these ballers have. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna place the mic down very gently, and I'm gonna wave goodbye. So thank you guys. Um, been a pleasure.